This is Shane Gibson's podcast from ClosingBigger.net and Socialized.me. Today's podcast is about you. And I kind of put this together to give you permission to create and share. And I'm also going to talk about why sharing is so powerful for our career, for ourselves. So what is sharing? What am I talking about? Well, I'm talking about the creative process of finding great content and sharing with other people. Or writing, or maybe it's doing your own podcast, or doing a video, or doing the art you love to do that maybe you've put away and not touched for years, days, or weeks. Or maybe you're feeling stuck. You're not sure what you're going to talk about. Possibly it's something as simple as the fact that you've got a Twitter account, but you don't know what to say, or what you should say, or shouldn't say. So I want to talk a little bit about sharing. Right off the bat, why don't we share? So we know that sharing, in other words, creating great content and putting it out there for the world to see, to read, to hear, is one of the most important things we can do in social media marketing, in leadership, in community building, or just for our own health, to be able to express oneself. So why don't we do it? Well, a lot of it is there's a fear of sharing. There's a fear of putting ourselves out there. And what are some of these fears? I mean, one of them, you know, when, when I sit down personally, I think about some of my fears in the past or even today around writing. It could be the fear of being wrong. What if I write a blog post? We do some research or we're going to launch a new product, a new service for customers. And we put it up there and we were wrong. Nobody wants it. Nobody. How about just nobody reads it? How about not even being wrong? It's just no one responds. No one consumes that content. What if it's an abysmal failure? What if it's not as good as your last blog post or the last three blog posts you've done? Then what? So these are all the things that kind of go through our heads. And I look here. I was just watching a, a TEDx video or TED video uh, by the author of Eat, Pray, Love, uh, Elizabeth Gilbert. And, you know, she really talked about this process, about the fear of creating something that maybe isn't as, I mean, she's got a big challenge. Um, Her last book uh, was an amazing runaway success. And every time she sits down to write, you know, she realizes that, you know, her biggest success in her life may still be behind her. (laughs) And so there's this whole process. There's a whole bunch of reasons why we worry about not sharing. Maybe I'll embarrass myself. Maybe I'll put something on Twitter I think is profound. Or maybe I'll ask a question that's silly and people will laugh at me or judge me. Um, Maybe I don't feel qualified. This was a big one when I wrote my first book, co-authored with Trevor Green, who started off as kind of a ghostwriter, but was really so important in the creative process that I asked Trevor to be my co-author. And that was in writing Closing Bigger. But from when I thought I should write Closing Bigger or wanted to write Closing Bigger to when I actually wrote it, there was about a three-year period where I kind of avoided it. And talking to my mentor, Dr. Dennis Covier, I said, Dennis, I just don't feel qualified about writing a book about sales yet. I just don't feel I have the life experience yet or the business experience, the track record. I don't feel I have the credibility. Dennis says, Shane, you don't get the credibility and then write the book. In writing the book, you become credible on that topic. You know, it's about the research. It's about connecting uh, with thought leaders and people who have closed these massive deals. And they're putting together in a nice, easy to understand format. And your skill is in communicating that knowledge to the world. Not necessarily being that sales expert. Not that big deal closer like the ones you've, you've really dealt with and interviewed. And for me, that was permission I got from my mentor. But it was sad to think that I waited three years before I shared with him really why I hadn't started my book. And that was I didn't feel qualified. 
But the reality is once I wrote that book, my life changed. My speaking career improved. I met more people. It opened doors. Uh, and it also, more than anything, through the help of Captain Trevor Green, who was my co-author, uh, helped me find my voice and understand how to communicate and how to take those feelings and thoughts and get them onto paper. But when you start off, you're going to be rusty. When you start off, you're going to be awkward. When you start off, you're going to be wrong sometimes. Maybe you are going to embarrass yourself. Maybe you're going to have a typo on the first paragraph of the book. Um, I actually had it in the uh, the credit section, <laughs> the very front of the book, um, the dedication section, excuse me. So, you know, the, the worst fear comes true, but you know what? No one else saw it or those that did kind of skipped over it and just picked the value of it for them. So there's another amazing thing, and this is the fact that, you know what, um, I only have grade 12 English. I don't have a, you know, university-level English writing or journalism degree, and so I wondered about my ability to write effectively. But I discovered this other great thing. If you put your thoughts and feelings down passionately, there's these great people, and they're called editors. <laughs> and so this was something else that I discovered. Uh, and now, uh, really, on all kinds of sites around the world, whether even you go to something as simple as Fiverr, with F-I-V-E-R-R.com, or if you're writing a book through Amazon CreateSpace, CreateSpace.com, um, you know, you can hire editors on the cheap who do a really great job and are highly qualified and have degrees. So let them spend the time doing that, and why don't you spend the time opening up your creative capacity and sharing your knowledge, your insights, and your passions. So another reason why we don't write is that we're blocked. We're not feeling inspired or we're not clear on the message, or maybe we're technically blocked. Maybe we don't want to tell anybody that we don't know how the hell to write a blog post or where to start or how to launch a blog. And so these are all things that, again, in many cases, I would say that this is the same reason why many entrepreneurs fail is their business fails because the entrepreneur dies of loneliness staring at the wall in the basement of their house trying to launch that business. Instead of reaching out to the community and looking for resources around them and people around them that are willing to really help them. So here's some solutions, and here's a few solutions. Number one, it's amazing where creativity comes. It, it doesn't come when you're staring at your computer screen. Uh, it can, but in many cases, sometimes that inspiration or that insight comes while you're walking around. You don't have your laptop with you. Maybe you don't want to try to punch notes in a little screen. I would suggest that you, know, you start recording your thoughts on your iPhone or your Android or whatever your smartphone is. But also, what I've started to do to kind of step away from the digital is I've gotten back to carrying around a notebook and a pen, or at least a couple pens. I have a habit of losing pens, actually. And when I have these thoughts, it doesn't have to be an entire blog post or the next chapter of a book, but just an interesting quote or a lesson I've learned after walking out of a client's office. So, you know, make sure you carry a notebook. And then I think about esteem. Sometimes we're not, when we think about that fear around, I'm not sure if I'm qualified or I might embarrass myself, or it all boils down to self-esteem. And sometimes a, an improper self-concept um, in many cases can stop us from really being who we are. And a lot of that is even expressing who we are, teaching or sharing with the world our knowledge or our insights. So some of the things that I do around esteem building, I think about number one is reading. Reading is a powerful thing. What's amazing about reading is, or what's kind of a, amazing about reading is it's, it's a form of positive self-talk. So when you're listening to this podcast, this is Shane Gibson having a conversation with you. Hopefully you feel that way, that I'm not talking at you, but I'm having a conversation with you. But when you read, it's you having a positive conversation with yourself. So when you read great books about fantastic entrepreneurs or successful artists or uh, amazing leaders, what happens is that you're reading the story to yourself. 
And that positive self-talk is a really powerful thing. I think too much of our day is spent negative nattering and cyclical thinking that really keeps us from rising above that sort of wash of negativity and disconnected thoughts and into a positive stream of positive conversation. And if you're having a challenge having that positive conversation with yourself, start reading positive books. That will often put us in all kinds of in a great, a better position for creativity, for reflection, even inspire us for topics around writing and communications in general on the web. Or maybe just a great quote that you can pick off and share on Twitter or your Facebook page for your business. So podcasts, you're listening to one. So I'm kind of preaching to the choir here. But after listening to this one, go and dig up some more. Realize that there's a bunch of free or nearly free classics out there on audio like How to Win Friends and Influence People or Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. You can find all these through iTunes and they're, they're great, great solutions as far as positive, ongoing positive impact. And I think that, you know, a big one as well is looking for people who are what my dad refers to, and I think it's a neurolinguistics term that he taught to me a number of years ago, upchunkers. What is an upchunker? That's not someone who gets sick in the office. Um, there's a downchunker. That's someone when you say, I've got this idea, and they say, well, do you have the money for it? Or, I, you know, I love this sunset, and they say, well, this because there's pollution. <laughs> uh, and, you know, this is a downchunker. This is someone who will take a big thought and immediately shrink it. And I would say that having these people around you maybe before you go and borrow money and launch your business is good. They're kind of the last person you want to have them pick away your business plan to make sure you're not going to hurt yourself. But they're not the person there when you formulate your ideas. Distance yourself from them. Surround yourself with upchunkers. That's someone who says, uh, you say, look at that beautiful sunset. Uh, and they say, yeah, let's make a habit of, you know, getting together a couple times a month and actually enjoying this and, and making it a positive time. You know, or you say to someone, you know what, I've got this business idea. And they say, hey, fantastic idea. I have someone to introduce you to. Or have you seen this business model? It's very similar and it's successful. And what I'm getting at is these are people who take a concept and they add to it. They're people who take your interactions and they add to it. And so look for those people who upchunk in your life. If you don't have some, you know, maybe it's time to shift where you're networking. Maybe it's time to go to some positive meetup groups in your community. But these are some of the things that I've found for me um, are really important for building esteem. The other one, when I'm stuck in a rut and I'm feeling low or I don't feel good about myself, is I pick up the phone or I go visit someone and I go help someone. So this is for me from a business perspective. It might be volunteering my time in the community. It might be picking up the phone and just chatting to a client, seeing how they're doing and giving them some free advice as a consultant. And so, you know what, if you're not doing a lot or you feel like you're just kind of stuck in a rut, sometimes getting out there and helping other people can actually build some esteem, put some positive endorphins in our body, get us focused cranially in the right area, and put us more in a positive, creative outlet or, out, or space to create. This doesn't have to be just painting pictures. This could be writing a business plan. This could be writing a marketing strategy or dreaming up your next product line. And so really important are building a PowerPoint deck for your next big pitch. These are all creative activities. And I truly believe that we've got to, you know, get over the fear and the blockages. And these are some of the things we can do. One of the things I've found around creating content that's been very helpful is at times when I'm not feeling like creating, I'm just kind of stuck or I, I haven't had that thought um, or that flash in my mind of what I want to create is I make sure I stay in the habit of creative curation. So, because you still get the great positive feedback. When I find a fantastic article or infographic that I think is going to benefit the people following me uh, through Twitter or Facebook or wherever else or who read my blog, and I share that content, 
um, you know, it builds trust and it also gets me in the habit of just sharing in general. And so sharing is also a discipline, which is really important. Is it part of establishing yourself as a thought leader, a community leader, a brand that cares, something bigger than just making a dollar, but actually giving back and being a hub in your community is about sharing. It doesn't always have to be your content. It also can be just around curating other people's great content, kind of putting your spin on it and sharing it. One of the things I also do to get the creative juices flowing, if I want to kind of focus on a specific topic, but I'm stuck, is I interview other people and I share those interviews. Um, from interviewing, let's say, a guy Kawasaki on his latest book, to just doing a Q&A with you know, a local thought leader and quoting them in my next blog post. So here's a couple more thoughts. And again, flipping up in my notebook here is, you know, sometimes when you start off creating, let's say if it's blogging, one of my suggestions to people is, yeah, you're worried about writing a 600-word update, but you know, you'll know you hear from most search engine optimization experts that 250 to 400 words is actually kind of an optimal size uh, of blog post. And in fact, you know, even images are very powerful optimization tools if they're tagged correctly. And so why I share that is that you know, it might be something as simple as finding an infographic produced by Forbes on your industry, let's say you're in the automotive industry and they produce this great infographic on the greening of the automotive industry. Well, they've done all the work, but you can post that into your blog and actually just kind of write your 100 or 200 words, your kind of two cents worth on what this means to you and how it's going to impact your industry um, and some of the key kind of highlights of this study that you think people should be looking at. And so sometimes as you get in the practice of creating content and sharing things, you can piggyback off or build on other people's thoughts, as long as you, in my opinion, um, have proper attribution and give them credit. Some of the things I do, and I think going back to carrying around a notepad, one of, the, one of the best things for me around creating content is I might have four or five topic ideas. And as I'm kind of strolling around during the day and going from meeting to meeting or sitting in an airport or reading a book or even watching a TV show, if I have a thought that falls into that topic, I simply open my notepad and jot it down. Sometimes it's just a lesson from a meeting as I walk out and I quickly write down what I learned from that meeting and that, leading, that meeting becomes my next blog post or you know what, actually the beginnings of a new presentation or training piece for our company. So I guess what I'm saying is that creativity happens at any time and creating content and sharing um, is something that we have to get in the habit of and the flow with. And so my, my thoughts are, you've got to tap into really from your perspective what that formula is. It's different for everybody. For some people, Nick Osborne, who wrote the book NetWords uh, way back in 2000 and has written a number of other great books on copywriting, and um, is Nick talks about the fact for him being creative is actually clearing his entire desk, turning the internet off his computer, uh, shutting down all the windows, um, and then having one blank screen to look at. And every day, no matter what, he just writes, even if it's 20 minutes of garbage. Uh, he writes, and he says, but by doing that on a continual basis, it got him in the habit of sharing and continually creating great content, and that's what's made him successful. So why share? Why spend the time to write a blog post if you're in the printing business? Why write a blog post about um, the power of the next generation printers or the power of creating great ad copy for your posters or whatever it might be? Why would you do that? Well, I think about sharing is, and this is kind of for me, the huge value in getting the habit of contributing and giving to the others, to others through creating content on the web or in person, is number one, you get what you give. Almost anybody you know or I know who's successful and who's built great communities and great businesses and great communities around those businesses is they realize you get out of a community you put into it. And so by sharing genuinely, 
in value-added content, um, we in essence are planting seeds for the future that will pay year in and year out for our business and ourselves. I, I, I once heard, and I forget who said this, but you should give what you most want. Dalai Lama might have said this. I think he did actually. And he said, if you want respect, give respect. If you want love, give love. If you want support from other people, support others. If you want community, if you crave it, give to community, build community. So I think sharing helps us do that as well. Sharing also elevates us above the crowd. If you're a sales professional and you know what, all you're doing is taking orders and prospecting people on LinkedIn, I don't think you have a chance compared to the person who's curating awesome content for the target market, sharing it every day, connecting people, starting discussions, uh, writing posts and sharing insights on best practices in the industry and getting that out into the network. They, in fact, rise above the crowd of pitch artists and they become trusted advisors and hubs. Sharing over time helps us fine-tune our voice. So I'm sure if you listen back to my first couple podcasts I did way back in 2004, you'll see a very different or hear a very different Shane. I was very passionate, but I definitely hadn't found my voice or my format for prospect or for podcasting at that time. And so again, over time, as you share, you get better at sharing. You get better at turning that creative switch on. The more you do it, the better you get. So realize that your first few blog posts, your first few podcasts, your tweets are more for you than anybody else. In fact, many people aren't even listening or checking you out yet because you just started. And so this is a learning process. So realize that the first few are, are really just practice. So one really cool thing, and I believe Seth Godin said this, and I thought it was a really cool lesson, is that excuse me, writers and artists learn by creating. Writers learn by writing. Artists learn a lot about themselves in many cases by creating. And so in many cases, you know, worrying about if you know a subject well enough to write a blog post, the blog post is the opportunity to learn the subject. If you're somewhat knowledgeable in the industry and you've got a lot of life experience and you've got some great stories and you want to write a book, but you're not sure if you're qualified, realize that the process of writing a book, and I guarantee this, the process of writing this book and all the research you do and the people you meet will make you the expert. It also builds you momentum and gives you good, positive feedback. So even if you're just curating content and not even creating it yet, that constant positive feedback and learning what your market enjoys and what's important to them by creating content and testing it time and time again will make you better at sharing and creating content. For me, it just gets it out of my head. I mean, I'm, I'm working right now on a, on a uh, podcast, a list, and it'll also be a radio interview uh, here in Vancouver, and that is on 15 key trends in 2014 around tech, social, and business. And I'll tell you that I wasn't quite sure if I was qualified to write it. Then again, a little doubt in my head. I went out and looked on the net for other people's lists and what's going on and realized that there was a ton missing and that it hadn't been all put in one place. But as I did the research, I began to know the subject better and it built confidence in what I was talking about when I was researching and my ability to share it with others and that there was actually some value in it. So the act in doing it is really powerful. And what it also did is it got it all out of my head and I became much clearer once I took those thoughts and put them to paper or onto the screen into a podcast, a video, a PowerPoint deck, a blog post, you name it. For me, creating means clarity. And the more clear we are, the better we are at manifesting what we want. And so I think from this perspective, you know, as I start, you know, go back to with the beginning in mind, is that sharing is a discipline. Uh, it's also like a muscle. It's something that gets better as we use it over time. 
to realize that you don't have to be the number one expert in your industry, that in fact you become the expert by creating content, that you build the community by sharing content, and you really elevate yourself above your competition and anybody else in the marketplace when you genuinely create great content and curate great content and share it on an ongoing basis. So I wrap up with this, is that it's not about being devoid of fear or devoid of creative anxiety. We all possess it. Um, it's about really doing it anyway and creating some processes and some habits and some rituals where we really just on a daily basis make it a habit to curate and create content and share it over and over again. So this officially is your permission to create content and share. And I would really urge you to get out there and start it, make a habit of it, do whatever it takes, because from my perspective, the art of sharing and the skill of sharing and the discipline of sharing has absolutely changed my life and that of many others. And so I'd urge you to step in the ring and not just consume great content, but create it yourself because we all have something to share with the marketplace. This is Shane Gibson's podcast from closingbigger.net and socialize.me. If you enjoyed this podcast, I'd love to hear about it. You can email me, shane, at socialized.me. You can tweet me, at Shane Gibson. Or you can hop onto iTunes and give this podcast a quick review.